0: We're here in California at the Social Innovation Summit, just loving our life, yeah. here with our good friend, Elliot Kotek, who is the CEO of the Nation of Artists. Elliot, what is it? What is that? What do you guys do?
1: Uh, we create content and campaigns that has a social impact, like we like all our work to, to either inspire people or to show off innovation in a new way that kind of makes people feel that they can be a part of it too.
0: Give us some examples. What have you done recently?
1: Uh, so we, we've just been uh, doing the storytelling for AFLAC around this really amazing thing that they've created. They've created the My Special AFLAC duck. It's a social robot duck that they are going to give to every kid newly diagnosed with cancer in the US next year. Mm-hmm. And it helps them express their feelings by holding emoji cards up to its chest. You can do medical play by putting a chemo port on its chest and it lends itself to the duck then breathing really calmly. And it has a vibrational speaker in it, so it gives off these soft heartbeats that calms the kid as well. And it's just this beautiful creature with incredible amounts of technology in it, but just a really thoughtful way to bring comfort and joy to kids throughout their their, their journey with cancer. Good job. Yeah, and this, is, this yeah. is the
2: second time, again, non-visual medium, this is the second time that Mark's jaw has just dropped. Like, the whole time he's just listening to this going, oh, again, you can't see that. Sorry, we're on a podcast. But that is awesome,
1: yeah, so we so we got engaged by Aflac pretty early to kind of be with the team making the duck, be at the hospitals, talking to the kids, the parents, the child life psychologists, the pediatric oncologists, etc. To think about like what is the best version of this duck and how can it actually work in their, in their system. And uh, so we're really excited. They're going to start delivering the ducks in September. Um, and so we were part of the launch back in January at CES, where obviously it's it's a product that's going to be doing good and aflac is you know obviously it's part of their social responsibility platform but it's also um kind of doubling down on an investment that they've been making in pediatric cancer initiatives for 20 years um and it also benefits their bottom line as a company so when we talk about social good and social innovation it's kind of like a perfect win-win-win scenario that's awesome tell me elliot um that's a cool experience
0: that's we spent the past several hours talking to a whole bunch of different brands about what does it mean to be an experience-driven business. You, know, you just shared with us, and I'm sure you could share countless experiences of companies who have done something similar to Aflac.
1: Um, what does it mean to you to be experience-driven? Well, thats I mean, for now, it's like this whole marketplace, people want to have a sensorial experience with something right and that doesn't matter like whether you're just watching something online and that generates a feeling within you or attending an event that gets you out of the house to either you know where people are thinking about entertainment education in a multi-format approach and I think that that's consistent with all forms of marketing right now is that there are still people that are being called digital marketing experts where it's like what part of marketing is not Involving some aspect of digital, right? It's like there are still these kind of archaic mechanisms that we're still trying to force people into boxes But in reality what we're doing is we're trying to make sure that your consumers your customers your clients the people you have Relationships with have an experience with you that they can feel that is tangible Um, And so whatever that is whether it's summoning up a memory for that person of something that happened to them when they were a kid or that ratatouille type smell of like everything flooding back to you in the bite of a, of a single piece of a meal. What we're aiming for now is something, you know, to be kind of cliche, but something authentic, a true experience, something that comes to you sincerely without any measure of bullshit wrapped around it.
2: Yeah. You want something memorable, right? Absolutely. And, and senses can trigger memory. So if you start kind of like peeling back the layers and reverse engineering this you're really creating experience-driven content that ultimately gets to a point where somebody remembers that vividly,
1: right? Yeah, and and oftentimes the way that we digest that content now is still in pure video, um, but we have been making um, some virtual reality content as well, but that is not ubiquitous and it's not gonna reach people as in a common way that video is. And so until that point in time when AR or VR can be in everybody's hands, can be something that we can experience as a community, don't have to kind of close ourselves off from others um, to experience, um, you know, those are not gonna be the primary ways that we kind of convey those experiences. It has to be kind of in video or at things like this, where you attend a summit or go to some event Um, where they're mixing things for you. It's not enough now to go to just a concert. We want to know what that band or what that entertainer is doing on a a social level too. So tell me,
0: I I think it's so interesting to think about all the different formats or types or uh, different ways that you could create experiences. So you talked very astutely earlier about, about the idea of digital marketers. Well most things you do today have some kind of digital component. How does your team start thinking about, when you think about you know an Aflac comes along and wants you to help build some really cool experience, how do you think about all the different channels that you could engage in?
1: Well, uh, so as it comes down to a primary question, which is what's, who's the audience, right? So who do you want to reach? Because like we've been working with Qualcomm, we've been working with Accenture, we've been working with the California Armand Board, uh, we've been working with all these kind of different companies and, and some governmental institutions as well. And sometimes, like, let's say you're a Boeing, right? You're a big airline manufacturer. We don't know when we take a Delta, Southwest American Airlines flight, we don't know what kind of plane we're getting on in the main, unless we're really particular about our seating, right? We really don't know that. And so if Boeing's customer is not me. It's not the casual traveller. It's not the business traveller. It's the airline. So how many airlines are there in the world? 50? I don't know, right? There could be hundreds, it could be, like let's say they've got 10, 20 customers that make up the bulk of their purchase orders. So if they're trying to get a message across and they want to create some content, really the key people that they're trying to meet are those acquisitions people, are those buyers at those 20 companies. So why not make something super personal for those 20 people? And that might be your only audience, or do you appeal to consumers more broadly so that they have this glorified notion of what Boeing is, so they demand that their airline that they prefer to take stocks Boeing planes. Right, right? direct approach. But so, yeah, the,
2: the first approach you're talking about then would you know possibly lend itself better to VR, right, if you're having a one-on-one experience. Because interesting enough about VR and AR is there's a difference of one letter, but Uh, AR is more communal. There's a lot of things you can do in in an experiential space with it. VR is a very isolated experience, right? So, um, you know, it's almost like the reason 3D TV didn't take off is like, well, if I want to have six people over, I know I have two 3D glasses, like four of them are going to sit in the corner and just eat snacks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the difference in experience wasn't so great right. that, right. Warranted that, you that, to that investment. investment. Right. And that's that's an interesting thing.
2: That's an interesting thing for about creating content for people too, is your experience driven content has to be different enough that it's gonna get people to stop and actually pay attention to that because there's a lot of creative stuff out there. Yes. So when you're when you're thinking through this, you know, are you being cognizant uh, and, and studious of all the other things that have come out that are similar and just trying to make sure that you've positioned whatever you're doing really effectively?
1: Um, or is that, that more subconscious? Not really. Yeah. No. I mean, obviously you don't want to do anything that's been done before, but you also don't want to be inhibited by comparisons that you're making that other people might not have knowledge of. Very good. Right? So you don't want to stymie your own creativity based on a hypothetical that you're creating for yourself, right? You're, it's kind of like a false limitation. But, um, but what you do is you definitely have to know what format is this going to be presented in, um, because if it is, um, and we talk about channels, right? So if it comes down a pipeline that is Facebook, then you have to grab people within that half a minute, that first half a minute, even if it is a four minute piece. Um, you have to change the way you create that piece of content in order to make People stay either to get enough of the story that they know it or to stay a whole way through whereas if you're creating something that you know is going to be shown at a summit you know that the bums are in seats anyway and so they're going to be locked in there for 20 minutes so you taking four minutes feels like no time at all to those people in that room so you can kind of create you can take them on whatever story path you want to take them on because you have them controlled in that environment so definitely you have to know what pipes you're going to be playing down um, and you have to know who that audience is, like where they come from, what kind of social demographic, um, and maybe you create a few different types of content, not repurpose the same type of content for everybody, but actually create um, innately driven content for each, um, for each outlet. Tell me, Elliot,
0: you, you mentioned personalization just a minute ago, uh, kind of personalizing the experience. The idea of how you scale that becomes a real issue if you're AfLAC versus Boeing. You look at, you know, okay, well, you know, let's take the example we shared that maybe it's ten to twenty people, buyers that Boeing's really interested in. Uh, Aflac is, is a consumer like business. Yeah. How do you, how do you how do you deliver on, on that kind of personalization to scale?
1: Yeah, well sometimes it depends on your ability to create things for different platforms, so you know you're gonna just continually reach more people all the time, to the point at which And then you might also have the benefit of a paid strategy. So, in addition, but the cool thing about this duck is that it was so novel, it is so novel, that when we released it, the release strategy was okay, let's show it off as a piece of technology first and get buy in from the people who would otherwise criticize it. And so, when they launched it at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas in January because it was so different to the flat screen, curved screen, 3D, VR, whatever apparatus, these right. other pieces of technology that didn't have that human connection that this duck had and were for sale when this duck is not, um, there was enough distinctive characteristics and a knowledge that there was enough press at that event globally that you could drive quite a significant return on your investment from a PR perspective. So. I did a project a few years ago that I had thought would probably be my signature piece. Uh, you know, won a ton of awards, had a billion media impressions over the course of 12 months. It was about a, a kid in the Sudan who got a 3D printed limb that enabled him to feed himself for the first time in a couple of years. And I was like, how do you top that, right? But this project struck a chord where, yes, it was the only thing really not for sale at CES. It's going to be given away for free. The technology is such that once you start looking under the hood of what this thing is, you just get more and more impressed because it's all wrapped in this kind of really consumer friendly stuffed duck. And you literally right? can't buy it. And you can't, you can't buy it. It will be given to for free to every kid diagnosed with cancer next year, right? So So it generated so much heat, it had 2.2 billion media impressions in four days. More than eight hundred articles were written about the thing in its first couple of weeks, based out of that, out of CES, um, and it was just one of those things that resonated both with the refine like or, or all across the platform, right? You had Refinery Twenty Nine and Ufpo, um and things that are kind of lifestyle friendly. You had the Mashables that and gadgets, tech crunches, the Wired magazines covering it from a technical perspective. And then you had classic publications like Reuters and AP and the New York Times all talking about it as well, and Time Magazine. So it was just kind of a win, you know, like we talk about things that just hit the right note. And that's not me doing that, that's a team. That's Carol Cone on Purpose, who runs a Purpose Collaborative um, that she launched actually at Social Innovation Summit two years ago. Um, that's a PR team um, that's a social media team that's Afflex marketing and PR team internally as well as their social responsibility and corporate good team um, and so it really took a lot of angles of both traditional old-school PR of hitting the phones as well as kind of putting things out on the on the internet and seeing what landed but I mean it was really like one of those projects that is completely consumer open whereas like the stuff we're doing in VR for Accenture for example they have 400,000 employees globally so you don't need to reach outside of their internal workforce to have a massive core audience for that piece of content and they can again direct people to watch something as part of their daily experience at work and people will take time out because it's it's something that they're getting to do at work instead of you know punch numbers or solve problems or create strategies that's
0: so interesting Elliot if if I put the words experience maker in front of you what does it mean to you to become or, or, or for a company better said or an
1: individual to be an experience maker yeah I don't think we create experiences in the same way that um, people do at like museums or lobbies for, you know, there are some .orgs that have incredible lobby experiences where maybe you stand in front of a portal that connects with some office somewhere else in the world and you can stand in front of someone else. We, we generally don't do that. But what we do is we craft the storytelling and identify who the beneficiaries of those innovations are or the beneficiaries of those stories are. And so what we're really doing is not so much trying to create a lens where we're trying to create a massive experience we're trying to almost create a micro experience where you have a human connection with something and so really what it is is it's just can I pull a thread between your heart or head and some object you're watching or some person you're listening to Um, and how can I do that in a way that is manageable enough that the issue that we're representing doesn't feel overwhelming, that it feels personal, that it feels relatable, that it feels like you have um, some equity or some stake and can actually do something about it, whether it's supporting it, forwarding it, sharing it. Um, We kind of used to say that in the social responsibility sector or the philanthropy sector, it used to be enough for people to say good, right? They used to just put something on their box that said a dollar of, every one of these things sold will go to charity. And that was enough. Then it was do good, right? We wanted, oh, Sorry, it went from say good to show good. And we, we started seeing photos of where those dollars went. Um, but now I think it's really a combination of those and prove good. We want to see the data. We want to see the videos. We want to see ongoing things come out of that company where we see it's not just a one-off thing, a stunt for publicity, that it's something meaningful and built into the company.
0: Everybody, if you haven't checked out Elliot Kotek and his, his company, The Nation of Artists, they are doing some crazy stuff. Um, everybody, you, you've probably seen the Aflac Duck. If you've been listening, you've probably gone and checked it out now. Uh, what they're going to be releasing to give to children with cancer. Uh, they'll be starting to give it out in September. Elliot is a king of helping to build really fantastic experiences. Um, listen in, follow along. Go check
1: out what they're doing Elliot? Yeah, and check out the power of nine film as well um, yeah, at so powerofninefilm.com. Right. Um, that's a project we did with Qualcomm Wireless Reach where it shows how mobile technology is being used around the world to advance the advance the, the plight uh, so to speak of, um, of people in different communities indigenous communities in India through clean stoves that are connected to the mobile world um, with fishermen in Colombia who have iPad training now and it helps them identify when the best times to fish are and what the market prices are and help them sustain a way of fishing that is centuries old um, and it also shows uh, stuff that's happening in the Philippines where convenience stores that run out of people's houses predominantly are being linked through mobile payment systems and other things where and insurance uh, through mobile as well where these stores can get back up and running in the case of a natural disaster really quickly and help those communities like rebuild very quickly so yeah check out power of nine film it's a really uh, kind of good snapshot of how technology can be used for its best purpose which is helping humanity
0: even more reasons to listen to this entire episode because Elliot mm-hmm. keeps dropping knowledge on <laughs> us thanks for joining us today Elliot cheers mate appreciate it super easy.